0: Welcome to episode 15 of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure Podcast. What would it sound like if three guys sat in a cave and had a conversation? It would sound a little something like this. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again. I'm a little distracted. A spider has just crawled across my sleeping bag and I'm just currently dealing with that. Um, Okay, we're gonna welcome to the podcast uh, a good friend of ours, Josh. Say good day, Josh. G'day. Um, We're out, we're currently sitting in a cave um, at a place called The Steamers. I've really got to get rid of this spider, just, <laughs> first world problems, I don't know where, it, oh, it's still on me. Okay, um, Craig, how you going, mate? Good, thanks, man. What's happening, buddy? Ah, just chilling out, end of a long day. <laughs> it's been, um, it's been an interesting couple of days. Mm. Hey, uh, I'm just going to jump straight to saying thanks to our sponsors before we get too far into this. Okay. Uh, Top of Maps Plus, thanks very much for supplying us with the uh, app that we've actually been using a fair bit on this trip. Thank you Blue Merino for all of our Merino needs. Rios Gear for our floating polarized sunglasses and Caribbee for the uh, packs that we're using on this journey. Alright, what's new Craig? Talk to me mate right what's new
1: we've been getting ready for a little bit of a trip here a bit of an
0: adventure yeah But, what, but what's new in life it's new in life new in life should i tell people what we're doing now or should i i should probably set this up a little you can set it up you can tell them where we are what we've done yeah. and then
2: paint the scene
0: paint the scene yeah. good idea um we are i wasn't joking about sitting in a cave uh-huh. we three of us are sitting in a cave right now you may or may not get interrupted by tiny microbats flying out of a crack in the wall, which Josh is sitting right in front of.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you don't really see them. They're so quick, you just hear the uh, fluttering of wings as they zoom past your head at 100 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, I guarantee at some point you'll probably pick that up on the mic. Uh, We set out... um, When was it? Yesterday morning.
2: Probably about 7 o'clock by the time we were on the trail.
0: 7 a.m. we hit the trail. We, um, due to some bad navigation by myself and a few bad decisions, we got cliffed out at a particular point, which cost us a couple of hours at least, and psychologically and physically kind of broke us all. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and I do apologise for that. I have apologised many times, but <laughs> we'll I'm, I'm doing it live on air right now, I'm just putting it out for the world. We did get a little bit lost. I think. I think oh, personally,
2: yeah. I was probably more physically than psychologically shattered by that. At least <laughs> the, bo- the uh, brain was very willing, the body, body was having a oh, disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> it was
0: a pretty tough place to be lost. Yeah, it was not not a pretty not a pretty place to be lost. So getting from there, backtracking. And then having to try and link up with another trail was absolutely brutal. The terrain was, put it this way, if you look at a topo map, the lines were very close together. And, uh, yeah, we had to change our plans a bit. Everyone was really flexible, really grateful for that. Nobody, uh, nobody got, let anger get the better of them. Also thankful for that. No, <laughs> it's not worth like getting angry
2: over it, you know. No one got We there. still saw some beautiful country no, we actually really did. Gorgeous place. Just yeah, not the right place. Yeah, <laughs> just not the right
0: place. And then we spent um so we we eventually got on the right track, which was good. And we went past this cave and sort of said, Hey look, there's a plan B if we can't find this magical uh campsite that we only have a GPS coordinate for. Uh we spent a long time trying to find a campsite that uh, we couldn't even find a trail in that direction, cut a long story thought, thought. cut a long story short, we backtracked to this cave which was our plan B and um, set up camp in here. So mm. uh, it's not the right thing to do, say that out loud, mm-hmm. but uh, rain was coming in It was getting late, and uh, I still think it was the best decision that we made. Put it this way, we certainly didn't have the steam or the daylight hours to make it through to the original campsite, that's for sure.
1: Mm. We were a bit behind schedule when we got here, eh?
0: Yeah, Yeah, and physically just really, really drained. Mm. Um, We're all carrying packs in the vicinity of 22 to 23 kilos and uh, there's a lot of uphill climbing, especially that first hour. So Hmm. um, yeah, pretty happy to be here. As as I was saying, what was it today or yesterday? It was probably one of my better mistakes.
2: Yeah, the caves worked out brilliantly. If you're gonna get lost and have to go for a plan B, there's certainly (laughs) worse plan B's than ending up in a beautiful big out of the rain cave. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a cliff overhang here very significant overhang which means that it rained last night and uh we were high and dry um set up up.
2: in the dry we could cook all our food in the dry it was it was made it incredibly convenient actually as as the plan b's go yeah it was not
0: a bad plan b definitely being able to just sit out in the open and just socialize and cook and not have to do it in the vestibule of the tent was was pretty luxurious Mm mm-hmm so um
1: but as with all all of our adventures mate it um it worked out uh, to be just a, a crazy fun experience and <laughs> yeah.
0: as with all our adventures it went wrong <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's well, this my second major hike with tom oh, and I, we probably don't want to think about the first that, one yeah that was a, that was a pretty wild adventure t- and, i'll
0: never ever live that down i'll never live this down i said to craig water. yeah i've I've, um, I've led you astray, but I'm way more pissed off about leaving the second hike I've ever done with Josh. And, um, I make fundamental mistake miscalculation again. Um, there's a good lesson in that for everybody. And that is don't hike with me (laughs) (laughs) quite simple. Uh, it has been fun. it has been really good. Everyone's spirits have been up. Um, today we had, I guess we could call it a rest day. Technically, we weren't travelling with packs, but we um, certainly spent a lot of time on our feet exploring the local area. And there's um, a lookout directly above this cave, almost, that we hiked up to.
2: Well, we hiked 95% up to, and then looked at the last 5%.
0: Maybe even 96%. And then yeah. it
2: was a sheer, sheer set of steps up a oh. edge with nothing for a good. What do you reckon? Fifty um, meters straight down? I think fifty
0: meters on the left and then if you fell to the right. Yeah, you, you had went about stopping. A meter or two to recover before you went fifty meters down to the right. Yeah. You're literally <laughs>
2: but, looking from the, these sheer set of steps up. You're literally looking on rain the tops of rainforest trees thirty yeah, to forty meters yeah, straight down.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when Josh says steps, he doesn't mean proper carved in no. steps. He's talking about slabs of rock in loose-ish dirt that kind of resemble um some kind of something you could climb up but it was uh it was confronting i mean all of us have talked about this a lot today and in the lead up and none of us are really we're definitely not heroes with heights that's for sure uh but it was definitely confronting even I went down to the bottom of the steps that Josh is talking about just to kind of get a feel for, you know, could I do it if I got a bit closer? And the answer was still no. It was probably more no (laughs) than it was where where you guys were.
2: My my answer was yes until I sort of looked on either side of it and realised that... There's nothing to catch you. There was a no, long, awful, long no. way of down before you had anything that would no, pull you
0: no, up. No, was no scree slopes. No. there was no tree tops. There was no tree trunks. There was. um I don't think it could be much more vertical than that. No.
2: So you know, if you if you made a big mistake, there was not much of a chance to recover before you went no, an awful I'd long say, way No, I'd say. I'd
0: say if you made a little mistake.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, if I, reckon if I hadn't looked at it, I probably would have had a go at it. But if I spent too long looking at it like I did, yeah. I was like, yeah.
0: So the, <laughs> where I was standing, I took a photo of the stairs uh, from the bottom of them. I, I, it's not the best photo in the world, but I I guess I will post it on Instagram or something uh, around the time we launched this podcast, just for reference. You'll kind of see what I mean. I'm, hopefully I've captured the fact that There's nothing to the left of it. I also took a quick bit of video footage, which I'm on this very narrow neck between where the guys were waiting and this set of steps. And I'd say I had one and a half foot. So sort of around 50 centimeters on one side and maybe 60, 70 centimeters, two foot on the other side uh to stand and even to take that photo i sat down on my butt because i don't want to be <laughs> kind of leaning over or anything yeah uh, yeah it's uh there's a lot of people who would have just laughed at us um and just ran straight up that but who cares i'm still alive to tell you about it <laughs> yeah yeah and i'd uh,
2: rather be a live wuss than a dead hero <laughs> yeah it's it's
0: um things like that when we get to positions like that, it's always been the way when, when you are kind of hiking in a group. You, if you're not comfortable, it doesn't matter what the reason is. If you're not comfortable, you're not comfortable. End of story. You don't have to explain it. That's it. You stop where you, where you want to stop. And if someone wants to continue, they can. But, uh, yeah, definitely not into... I, I like going out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to lie. But that was sort of out of my comfort zone's comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it was. Uh, I'd actually had a little little peek at some other pictures of that place online and I had already kind of psyched myself out a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you showed me a video just last week and it kind of freaked me out a bit. Um,
1: I'm, I'm glad that you didn't force me to go up there. <laughs> oh, no. Not have, that you would have. I
0: wouldn't have done that. I, I was contemplating it myself, but no, it's just...
2: I'd already put my poles down, the hiking poles down, and I was going, yeah, yep, and I was ready to go. And then I, as like I said, spent too long looking, yes, at the drop a, either side of it.
0: It's exactly what it is. Yep. When you look, when you focus on the stairs, you could run up them. When you focus on either side of the stairs, you got a problem. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, something. Oh. Or was that Tom, a bat? That yeah, Tom him. almost just,
2: you probably might pick that up on the mic. He almost got sconed in the head. It was yeah. right, right above his it. head.
1: Right in front of your face. Yeah. I heard yeah. it through
0: my headphones, so I reckon that'll come up on the mic.
2: Yeah, that was beautiful. Oh, he's, there theres is. He's, he's zipping between the three of us right now.
0: <laughs> Incredible.
1: He's gone.
2: Yeah, of course, as soon as we stop talking to pick it up on the mic, he stops.
1: <laughs> there he goes. Tiny little microbat. bat.
2: Oh, oh, that's great.
1: <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> wow, we can just, between our head torches, just see him dancing around.
2: Yeah, man. he's just doing a lap between the three of us. Wow. In a big triangle. Well, well, a I hope that's triangle. all
0: he's going to do. No, that's cool. Oh, he's just latched on the Craig's neck. He's <laughs> just, just gone pear-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting right. sleepy. <laughs> Hey, I learned something uh, just uh, in back at News, so I think that's kind of, we've painted off a picture of where, we're, we, yeah, are right so where we are right now. that's we are. with some bats.
1: Yeah. On, on the small s-
2: side of that, the uh, clouds have all cleared that we had earlier, and we're actually looking out across a beautiful uh, set of starry sky. Yeah. Yes. Right in front of me right now It's pretty.
1: Such a good place. Pretty, pretty awesome view. Between
2: the big gum trees is just uh, all the western sky. It's pretty special
0: there's a lot worse places to be yeah when I was setting up my Garmin uh what I realized through the setup and through googling a few things was there's a significant difference um sometimes up to 200 meters between the um I don't exactly know the technical term but basically the maps that the Garmin's use across different countries Mm. so it doesn't matter what country you're in, I'm just putting out a public service announcement that check out, uh, just make sure when you get a new Garmin, or it doesn't have to be Garmin, just whatever GPS device you get just make sure it's functioning on the maps for your country or your area because uh, I found a significant difference and also in the way that I entered GPS points uh, it was quite different when I switched over to the correct map, so I was actually able to map things out. Mm. Um, yeah, just keep that in mind, that's a pretty big learning curve. Yeah, I had to switch mine over too, I, um, I didn't even realise, mate. No, neither did I, I have just, used it day one, I just turned it on and thought, well, that's that, but, uh, ours as came As soon in, as you
1: start to enter a coordinate, it just didn't
0: want to do it. No, and the coordinates were not in the right format that's either. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. so there's
2: a lot of different, let's say the thing, there's a lot of different, um, Ways they format GPS points. Yeah, I find that through my work a lot too now that certain clients want our GPS plots one way and other clients want them a different way so you're constantly having to reset your GPS. To switch between the two. Which is painful. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it was a learning curve but I just thought I'd mention it because if anyone else out there is wondering why uh, they're having trouble. It could be that. Oh, let me tell you something we're not too late boys you this is really important information we're not too late too late to pick this up tomorrow um but we what's the date today 30 something 28th
2: on friday yeah all right so by about 30th tomorrow
0: yeah so we missed it by about eight days was um world nude hiking day oh but i am prepared to kind of say well we didn't know about it. Let's just do it tomorrow. We could probably make it, make oh. up for it tomorrow. Well, I've
2: only just put my kit back on after World um, Naked Gardening Day, which was only about two or oh, three weeks ago. A so three weeks, we, yeah, it's pretty yeah. easy for me to get the gear off again.
0: Yeah. No worries. I thought you were going to say I need to put my kit back on after dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So think about that. For um, does it, does anyone, any of our listeners actually uh, participate in that? I really want to know. I mean. We just pulled a tick off behind my ear, and uh, Josh also pulled one off Craig's, um, just his neck earlier today. That's about as far as I want ticks to go (laughs) near any other part of my body, (laughs) if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I think if you're doing I think if you're doing world uh yeah, if you're doing Naked Hiking Day, you want to be somewhere very, very oh, clean, wide tracks. New Zealand. Yeah, not pushing through bracken fern yeah, like yeah. we were today that's covered in ticks. <laughs> no, it's no not no. my best uh, choice for New naked Zealand, hiking.
0: No snakes, no spiders.
2: Probably too cold for ticks. Maybe probably for too cold. cold for naked for hiking. Naked probably, hiking. Probably, yeah, well <laughs> yeah. it's the you know, trade off. <laughs> <laughs> Too cold, well, hiking, at least you too cold have an for hiking, too cold for ticks. You don't yeah. have an
0: excuse. Oh, it does so, sound good for Queensland, so... It's really cold. But
2: you're fine as long as you've got a beanie on, so, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I think I think you're allowed to wear beanies yep. and packs. And you, boots, you're allowed to wear boots. boots. oh, well. Pff,
2: what more do you need?
0: Not, not much, really. Uh, oh, it was my birthday the other day, and I ran the dungeon trail run up at Mount Biwa. I've talked about it a few times, mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I mention it is I've got some footage while I was down there and I've started knocking that up into a little, just a real short video because I can't really describe how hectic this this track is.
2: Well, it's got the name Dungeon in the it name of a, it. So yeah, it, it's it a pretty quite. good, I think I'd think twice about any trail that starts with the word Dungeon. <laughs> but it's a good start. Yeah.
0: I think maybe people think, oh, they maybe they over-exaggerated when they named it. <laughs> Well, sure, I've, got tough, <laughs> yeah, I've got video I've to prove that <laughs> it's not really exaggerated so uh i'll get that out over the coming weeks what we did do was we were able to spit out finally that little drone test that you did craig i finally got that up on youtube from mm, yep. so many podcasts ago mm. uh, we it was the first time craig ever put his drone up in the outdoors and we just flew up and down a little creek for a bit which is what we did today mate oh yeah Yeah. i think you got some awesome footage today yeah today's gonna blow that away
1: it should blow it away i hope we can get it together and um get it out to you guys to listen to uh, to look at yeah oh we
0: will for sure it's it was um the response on that so it was only about a two minute video and it only had 10 seconds of drone footage in and some other slider stuff that i did and a bit that you did, Craig, but the response from that was was awesome. People just said, "Oh, wow!" All right, I must that have missed great. that one. I'm gonna have to have a oh, skizz at that one I, I get literally home was... only put it up a week ago or a week and a half okay. ago.
2: You'll yeah, have to check that out personally because I think yeah, I might have missed that
0: one. It's only um, it's only about two minutes long. Yeah, it's all good. But find it. I'm so looking forward to seeing that. Craig put up his drone. Mm in between these massive trees managed to kind of shoot it up through this little hole in the canopy and then I was talking to Josh at the time and it went up so high that I said it's, it's making me nervous I'm not even flying the thing <laughs> this thing was so tiny up in the sky yeah that was good and you were cruising <laughs> around these crazy crazy peaks
1: there's these huge rock formations here and so we oh we got yeah. a bird's eye view and I, I'm really excited to show
0: you it. Yeah, yeah. the reason this place is called the Steamers is, is because there's a bunch of old volcano uh, cores that line up in a straight line and it very much resembles, uh, you know, like an old battleship or something like that. So it has ones called the Mast and the Funnel and the Stern and the Prow. And yeah, Craig got up, uh, I think he got up, of the funnel and oh i can't wait to see that because it, it looked good from the ground so i can't imagine how good it's going to look up there mate yeah
1: exciting stuff well the good news is i kind of captured the view from the lookout that we couldn't quite
0: get to <laughs> 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 yes
2: that's right Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so. yeah if we wanted to we could probably say that um well, at least we get a good look at it. Yeah, we
2: see exactly yeah, what it we, looked like yeah, without we, having we, to go across those crazy stairs. Yeah, we we're too
0: gutless to climb it, so we just <laughs> sent up a drone. I mean, if yeah. the <laughs> drone dies, nobody we just buy another one. So yeah. We're supposed to drone up. No harm done. Yeah. Um, speaking about the last podcast, which we weren't, I'm just speaking about it now. <laughs> right, Yeah. <laughs> yep. like, Do you like that? Clunky set? segue. Yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, one of my best. Uh, a lot of people commented on the last podcast which was the Tasmanian Adventure. Oh good. And a lot of people commented on the um the swimming part. No. They said that even listening to the audio the water sounded cold. But <laughs> they wouldn't go in it. It was.
2: So <laughs> yeah, no is there ever any warm water in Tassie? Like even in summer, know. it's not that warm down there. I don't think there. it
0: exists. I didn't experience any warm water in Tassie. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was definitely, um, um, a pretty immersive podcast that, um, what we did on that, Josh, was we actually recorded, um, little segments each day at various points yep. and just knocked it all together. So it was, uh, similar to this in that we were out in the wild and, uh, there was no bats attacking Craig but it was equally fun. Uh, A few other videos I'm working on obviously the Tasmanian adventure I'll knock up a short video on that and the birthday trail run and then I've got another one I'm working on which is pretty cool which was when I went hiking with uh, this uh, macro photographer in particular he's His subjects are insects, and the stuff that he does is absolutely incredible. Is that Nick? Yeah, Nick. So I I hiked with Nick. When did you do that? Well, years ago, but I've just had the footage um, in the archives, and just because I've had the time lately, I've gone back and dug it out, and there's actually a really cool story in it, so I'm knocking that together.
2: Did you get him lost at all?
0: Um, (laughs) That... Hike went perfectly to plan because he actually led it. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, it was no well, dramas at all on that. I don't know what changed, but there was no dramas. It must
2: be me. It must be the common denominator. Yeah. yeah.
0: We'll have to get him on to
2: talk about bugs,
0: eh? Oh, I think we should get him on to guide us in hikes. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> if we want to stay safe. Oh, Craig, there's... Um, this is going to be a real mishmash because normally here we'd jump into what the, uh, the segment formerly known as books with Tom. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's two problems with that. One is it's got a new name, okay. which I haven't even told you yet. No, I hope you like it. Yeah. And two is, uh, I didn't finish a book. <laughs> so we haven't got any i didn't short finish your Sto- book
2: short stories for tom uh, uh, what i did uh, do was for tom
0: yeah i read a newspaper article <laughs> well the problem was josh we were starting to i was starting to integrate other things outside of books and that was the problem with the name it was a great name when it was just books with tom but what happened was i started recommending some films and and, and so on and so forth. So a lot of people, so this kind of folds over into shout outs. That's what I was saying. It's going to get a bit messy listeners. Uh, if we go into shout outs, we had a lot of people thrown in their suggestions. Now, mm. what often happens with when people suggest stuff is they might not come up with the answer but they might lead to the answer you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so the suggestions that came in i thought that's not bad that's pretty cool that's pretty funny um Pookie the wonder horse said we should call it the hod list and i really liked that uh Mm -hmm. alex a good friend of the podcast said you'll like this one craig tom's story time or bedtime stories with tom (laughs) and i said that's a little creepy. <laughs> uh, good, though. Loved it. Nice effort. And Jodes, you know, another good friend of the podcast, Jode said that he didn't mind it when we threw the film in, and he said he's happy to just keep it simple. Well, well, thanks for your blessing, mate. We appreciate that. But what I've done is, uh, is uh, they all inspired me. And uh, another one of Alex's was kind of incorporating media because it's not just books anymore. So, Craig, just tell me your first impressions mm. on <clears throat> Tom's magical media mashup. Oh. Good. Excellent. Ma- so that's locked in. <laughs> Good. Josh loved it as well. Big sigh. Um, uh. Yeah, that's locked in. I've got a theme song for it. Already children's stories will be half written. And when you hear the theme song, well all the laughing will stop and I will start laughing at you for ever doubting me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's do it. Let's let's delve into that. Oh yeah, so thanks for everyone who who jumped in and and tried to help me and I just bastardised it. Good job. Right. I watched a film on YouTube, readily available on YouTube. I think it was on the National Geographic channel. It will be available. uh, I'll put it in the show notes so you can just find it. It's called Moving the Giants. And the kind of sub tagline to that was one man's mission to revive the last redwood forests. And it was an awesome documentary. It only runs sort of 15, 20 minutes in that in that realm. But it's just this amazing story about... Actually, you really like this, Josh. Um, Josh works in, what would you call it, regeneration? Bush regeneration. Bush regeneration, yeah. so restoring areas to native bushland and removing noxious weeds and, and anything else that might encroach on that. That would be a very... Short way of saying it, wouldn't it? Pretty
2: much. To, to really put it in a nutshell, what I do is and what we do is uh, we plant trees and kill weeds. Yeah, but it's a it can you be need quite to get an involved. thing. a t-shirt thing. with that on it. Yeah, well, it, well, actually, that's not a bad idea. We're actually putting yeah. up a heap of uh, fun shirts for our All Star party the uh, <laughs> end of August, so I think <laughs> that might uh, might be one that'll get a run. But it actually gets very involved in in the what ecosystem should be there, what ecosystem is there, and trying to restore areas to. Yeah what they were before they were encroached upon. Yeah. Which can be a quite a difficult thing sometimes when you've got areas that have been degraded for numerous reasons.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, whether it was logging, farming, whatever, to try and work out what they were 100 years ago and bring them back to that can yeah. be a very involved... Uh, I'm the, I won't lie, I'm, I'm more the muscle of this business than the brains, <laughs> but we have, some, we have some very, very intelligent people working for the company I work for that... Um are obviously paid more than I am, and probably rightly so, but I am on the sort of the coal front in the sweat and the dirt as as it is so we are yeah the... there's but
0: there's still uh, and something that I picked up on the first time that we hiked together was uh I know you it is a job to you, but the the passion that you have for the, restoring those areas like it just comes through in any kind of conversation you have about it.
2: It's. It can be very rewarding. It can be, I won't lie on the day-to-day business of it sometimes, it can get quite grinding, but then when you sit back and you look at places that have been worked and, and, and restored for three, four, five years and have gone from heavily degraded systems that were 90% weed yep. to seeing pioneer plant species replacing weeds. You see threatened plant species actually start popping up of their own accord. Uh, There's some spots through... Yeah, uh, tell
0: us about... You were telling us about that today with the... um,
2: Bourbon butterflies.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, there's some spots through a place called Lower Beechmont uh, Conservation Area in the Gold Coast hinterland where we removed big areas of uh, rock slides pretty much down the sides of the mountains that were completely covered in lantana and a few other invasive weed species. And over a three to four year period, we've removed all the weed species and they've been completely covered now in a large array of uh, natural and native vines Mm. uh, including the birdwing butterfly vine which is the host for the richwing Richmond sorry birdwing butterfly both of which are deemed as threatened species yeah so we've got a, a threatened species plant in a place that was completely weeds and after a couple of years of that plant its host butterfly has then actually been spotted and we see them on a regular basis in these areas. So yeah. when you're having those days when you're up to your proverbial neck in weeds and sweat and you know mosquitoes and that sort of stuff, it can be, so, some days it can be very hard to maintain a positive attitude. And then you get days like that where you walk up this area and you see three or four threatened butterfly species that weren't there. They just didn't yeah. exist there four or five years ago. Hmm that's when, you know, that sweat and those hot days and those mosquito covered days sort of disappear from your mind.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really easy for us, for Craig and I, to kind of forget about all the days and days on end of um, chopping through hide- oh. hideous bushland in in 30-degree heat and just kind of focus on these, you know, cool stories that you tell us. But <laughs> But at the same time... It's nice to hear that there are the the really cool endings to the stories as well.
2: Yeah, there'd have to be because if there wasn't those beautiful little outcomes or those those bits of bushland that you take out all the weeds and then you come back there in six months and there's 15, 20 native trees have come up on their own, if there wasn't that, you wouldn't do it for quids. Yeah. Because there is a lot of days where it is hot, it yeah. is hard, it's, it's mosquitoes, it's ticks, it's leeches, it's horseflies, it's... You know, it's 40 snakes. degrees, yeah, snakes, 40 degrees slopes. So, you know, there are a lot of days there that really do test you mentally and physically, but you've got to, there's that constant trade-off. There's that constant trade-off between the, the hard yakka and just stopping sometimes. And sometimes, you know, it's not even something big that's happened. You just stop and you're standing on the side of this mountain looking across the Gold Coast hinterland and you take a couple of deep breaths And suddenly that really crappy day a couple of days ago where it was, you know, really hard, just sort of vanished out of your mind. You've got to think, wow, look where I get to work. Yeah. I get to work in places that people spend six or seven hours hiking to.
0: Yeah. And
2: I'm here working.
0: Yeah, you've sent me, over the years, you've sent me many a photograph of a a waterfall or some creek and you just kind of flick me, hey, look where I'm working today.
2: Yeah. And you've got to stop and really appreciate those days. You have to really stop, take a big, deep breath and just appreciate that I do get to work in some very, very awesome places. We get to work in places that are even restricted to the general public. So, you know, I'm getting to work in places that are like on military bases and that sort of thing that no one or very few people actually get to see. So you've got to appreciate that. Because if you didn't appreciate it, you wouldn't do my job for quids, to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh, such a unique job, I think. I've said to you today how it, it for, to me, sounds fascinating. It sounds like you've, you're doing something that a lot of people would not understand or expect that people do that for work.
2: Half the people don't, <laughs> if you say you're a bush regenerator, people don't even know what you are. They don't, they don't, they don't know yeah. it as a job. No, you know, no. It's only been up until a few years ago that we were actually classed under the award as a separate job. Yeah. We, we used to have to call ourselves, for at tax time you'd call yourself a landscaper. And we're so far away from landscaping that it's yeah. not yeah. even funny.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of like the opposite of landscaping because yeah. you're returning the land.
2: Exactly. So yeah. it, it has been for a long time. It actually hasn't even been classified as an official job title. Mm. Um, now it is and... There's a lot more courses involved in it. If anyone actually is interested, there's a few companies out there that do volunteer weekends. Yeah. Right. Um. I won't start name dropping, but um, there's a couple here on. The, there was one gentleman here on the coast in particular where you get free accommodation in the national park. You yeah, get a right. free feed for going and doing two days of bush regeneration with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And the, believe me, they're not the kind of days we do and I do as a professional. They're pretty laid back, they're yeah. pretty socially events, but he's getting really great environmental outcomes. Yes. with volunteers, having a great social event, connecting with like-minded-minded people. Yeah. and then sit around a campfire, have a few cold drinks and
0: yeah well, the and, difference with that is you're actually giving someone an experience. Exactly. And they take that experience, they talk about it. Well, exactly. They take it to back to work. They take it back to their family, and they yep. spread, the, you know, basically the good word. Well, Josh has been giving us an experience these
1: last two days, mate. Every... I said to Craig, I said to you, you wait till you get on the trail with Josh.
0: I said, <laughs> yeah
2: and I stop minutes, every five minutes to said, look at a plant. Yeah, There's
0: something to talk about with yeah, the with the
1: wildlife, he's, and
0: he's, all, he's yeah, he's all over the. And as I said to you <laughs> guys, I'm stories. only
2: I'm only a minor plant geek. Some of the guys I work with are absolutely phenomenal in their plant ID knowledge. Like I'm as I said, I'm yeah. average. I won't I won't talk myself up big because there's people out there that no. make me look Mate,
0: you're you're ignorant. Pretty, you're <laughs> there's pretty guys out there that I work you're with. You're pretty near two complete yeah. novices here. Yeah. Well it's
2: it's that kind of step. It's kind of from the step from you guys to me, there's people that are another really? step that sort of yeah. percentage up from me that I work with. Mate, you were so phenomenal.
1: excited about some little plant hanging off the off the rock. That's oh, that
2: Wallenbergia. Took... I'm going to have to ID that because it's not a Wallenbergia I'm familiar a, a with. a photo of
1: you taking a photo of it. Yeah, it's this weird
2: small little native that I'm used to it being a, a ground cover native species. Uh, I'm used to it being Wallenbergia gracilis for people who want to get really geeky with the Latin names, which yeah, is that's this what lovely I, little... I would have
0: classified it as that. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I thought too.
2: It's a lovely little native wildflower it gets a really pretty little blue flower on it uh commonly common names often called bluebells but I have some here up here that are growing out of rock fronts and hanging and blew me away because I've never seen a wallumbergia growing like that I don't know if it's just growing because of the terrain or if it's a species I'm completely unfamiliar with so I'll be hitting the reference books when I get back home and getting my geek on a little bit and try to find this different (laughs) Wallenbergia species, which if you're interested in, I'll probably let Tom know so he can include which Wallenbergia it is for all those people. Mate,
0: people are going to be messaging me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell me about which species did it turn out to be. We've been waiting for weeks. Um,
2: It looks like a gracilis, but um, I'm thinking it's... We won't hold you to that.
0: We won't hold you to the gracilis (laughs) until you've had time to check me.
2: I'll be out with mountains to mangroves. If anyone's interested, I will give that book a plug. Uh, Any plant people interested in the southeast Queensland from sort of northern northern New South Wales up to where the tropics starts, that is the Bible at work. Um, Very easy reference book to reference through. Got all of your ecosystems broken up into different areas and then broken up into different colours. So flowers, fruits... Mm. If something's got a yellow flower, white flower, purple, it's all broken up into colours. So it's a really, really easy reference book if anyone out there wants to learn that more about.
1: ties in perfectly
0: to the magical... What is it? Oh, yeah. Right back to... Is it the yeah, magic? Well done, mate. You've, tied, you've done a full loop back to Full Tom's loop back to... Ma- the... Magical Media Mashup. Magical, magical Media Mashup. Mashup, yeah. right. Which is... <laughs> We're uh, talking about... I didn't read a book, but Josh did. <laughs> I
2: I, I've, I don't even just read that book. I live with that book. That um, That's... That every sing- how good that book is that every single one of our work utes has a copy of that book in it. Yeah. Cool. And I think every single one of the guys I work with has a personal copy of that book. Wow. So they've just brought out the second version of it ever, which has got about 40, 50 new species in it from the first spe- first uh, copy of it. So as I said, if anyone's interested in plant life in southeast Queensland, that is the Bible.
0: If you... One of our overseas listeners and don't um don't buy the book just when you come over just hook up a hike with josh <laughs> make, make sure that i'm not involved so you get to where you're going safely <laughs> in return and i don't yeah, think it matters if, if you time. do because no matter where you end up josh has got some. Knowledge. it doesn't matter he's enthusiastic he's um he's good to have along it's well i was stoked when we got to hike to get you know we met josh on the trail do you know mm. how many years ago that was?
2: It's six years ago.
0: Yeah, right. So we we mentioned you a little while in a few podcasts back. I'm mm. sure we did. Start, yeah. yeah um, but I couldn't remember the timing. So six years ago, we were hiking uh, what I'd consider an average hike. And we ran into Josh and on the trail, had a big old chat. And
2: Tom slipped me a slightly sweaty covered business card, sweaty
0: business card and said we should keep in touch. And it's exactly what we've done. We've caught up socially. You know, I I think I've I've been talking to people about this and uh, I think what happens is when you um, discover other people into hiking or outdoors, you've automatically kind of pre-qualified them as a certain particular type of person right yeah because you've just culled 95 percent of the population down to the type of person that likes the outdoors as much as you do yeah similar
2: mindset similar. Exactly. It, it's it's actually it, it and spinning back around in my business, my job it's the same kind of thing you'll find nearly everyone that does the job i do is a certain kind of person yeah you know and usually we're don't like most people. <laughs> yeah. we, it's like we love these people and those people over there. We don't really want anything to do with it. And it, it, they're very, very similar people. And I think people the hike are the same. Yeah. There's, there's a.
0: You're so, always yeah, going to have a
2: basis, and you're always going to get along quite well because you're the same kind of person.
0: That's right. And mm.
2: your same ideals a lot of the time, same belief, not quite belief system, but yeah, sort I know of what you mean. Political um, system, even like, like you know,
0: morals and stuff like that. We can, um, you know, all of our trail etiquette, stuff like that, we never talk about it, but it's almost identical. Yeah. Like the way that we um, clean up, the way that we leave no trace, the way that we um, shit in the woods, it's all, you know, it's all done the right way. Yeah. And uh, we all agree on that because we've all got a a similar set of ethics and it's pre-qualified, you know. Um, Hey, let me, let me, uh, because it is my job here to wrangle us all the way back now i don't mind a segue i'm not a segue i don't mind uh what do you call that getting sidetracked i love it Mm. don't stop doing it Mm. but let me tell you about this film moving the giants they run the the redwood forests were dying in particular areas i'm not going to do this justice which is why i'm going to send you guys the link and what these this guy and his son did was they were collecting very kind of famous uh, redwood forest seeds, I guess, and grafts. And they were, were were taking it quite seriously and growing these seeds and moving them. And they started to move them around the country. And it's just amazing. As I said, I'm just killing this story. Don't listen to me. Go and watch it. But the end result is they're regenerating these redwood forests. But what is absolutely amazing about it is they're using the same, I guess, they're literally taking um, grafts off these giants and then growing new ones and then putting them somewhere else. So they're completely related trees. Yeah, uh, cloning. We, yeah, it's almost like cloning it. Yeah. So what well, is
2: when you, when you take a graph from a tree and and grow it from a branch or a twig The the plant is genetically identical that's why
0: i had you here because i needed you to clarify that i wouldn't have said that (laughs) hey i got another another film i watched and the reason i didn't um get into you guys mentioned it today and i kind of hushed up a bit is because i knew we'd do this podcast tonight and that we could get into a deeper conversation i watched the dawn wall with Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgson. They climb El Capitan, but they do, it. yes, they do it with ropes, but they've selected a route which joins up the most hideous sections of this rock face. And what they set out to do is put their base camp on the wall and live on the wall until they complete every section perfectly and join up all the sections until they get to the top um, uh, we were talking about it today and I said I think they went it took them in the vicinity of 28 days or something to um, to complete this that's 28 days of they did have rest days uh, but a lot of climbing but did, did you know this about Tommy Caldwell that he actually lost um, it's either his his um, index finger or his index finger, and his no, he didn't lose his thumb. I think he lost his index finger and maybe a little bit of his middle finger. He was pushing um, some a piece of timber through a circular saw Ooh, and, yep. it, and it just grabbed. And because he was holding on to it, it just pulled his hand in mm. and uh, he lost it. The finger was on the ground, literally on the ground. They picked it up, took it to the hospital, and his dad knew how much he was into climbing and he's just pleading with the doctor get this finger back on get this finger back on it's his life it's his career they couldn't get it back on so he had this he has this nub here nub. and this little bit here and this and the, and the doctor said well that that's the end of your climbing career right, think about the complexity of climbing yeah. with two full hands of fingers right Mm. there's these things they do i don't know the name of them i I can't even describe what i'm doing with my fingers right now but you basically you put one finger over and then your thumb goes over the top of that and you're kind of pinching a little tiny piece of rock and once you don't have the finger the index finger to do that how do you make up a new finger position to replicate something that can only be done one way with the human hand So this guy starts climbing again. And the great thing about the Dawn Wall is they take you on the journey of this story. Yep. So it kind of interweaves with how he came to be climbing this hyper complex wall and staying up there for all this time. Now, I've said this openly on the podcast. I'm not a climber at all. We just told you we had trouble walking across, <laughs> you mm. know, just just walking up some some kind Scaly, of yeah,
2: steps. Yeah,
0: some mm. shale steps so i don't know why i find it attractive i don't know why i find it uh you know it's we we've spoken about free solo on the on the podcast before
2: i think i think, it, I think it, it actually shares a lot of the same ideals as it as, most as definitely
0: does I've, I've thought about this in my head and thought there's there's something about it that's why are they doing it well because it's there why? Why did we walk all this way? Because that is the journey, right? Yeah. That is the fun part. Sitting in this cave is pretty damn fun.
2: Yeah, this is pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> but you finding that that unknown plant. Is, there's been
2: a couple actually. There's like a, couple a bit are, of
0: a highlight for you, right?
2: There's a couple of them that are right outside of their range that they shouldn't be growing in this oh, area. Oh, like and, um, the yeah, what was the stinging? There's plan? a stinging tree there, and I think what there's a stinking, I think there's a stinking cryptocarrier that I saw today, the other day too. Which, if it is, is a threatened species. There was a stinking should something this, around. Yeah, should not be in this after that area. freeze-dried food
0: we've all <laughs> been in. <laughs> so hey, that stinging tree, and I I saw that. I didn't see it yesterday but I heard you guys talking about it. And today when I looked over, I knew that thing a second I saw it. Yep. Because I've been done by it before. Not <coughs> that particular one.
2: And there are tropical well, there are tropical and subtropical rainforest species and we are in wet eucalypt. So yeah. it's it's well and truly out of its yep. its normal ecosystem. It looks to be doing just fine. And it looks like it's doing just fine. And yeah. those very and they I don't know, many of you, probably international people wouldn't be familiar with them, but they Well, that's are,
0: the next thing I was going to yeah. get into for their, for their listening pleasure.
2: They're com- covered in microscopic, tiny little hairs, oh. which are virtually like hypodermic needles. Yes. Mm. And the sting from them is painful to say the very least, can last up to it's, a week.
0: Yeah, it's... Um... If you've I, ever been, I liken it to a burn. Yeah, a if you've ever been stung feeling.
2: by a stinging nettle, like the I know stinging nettles yeah, are all over the world. stinging nettles are similar. Exactly the same pain as stinging nettles, but I could quite comfortably say fifteen to twenty times more intense than a stinging nettle. Yeah,
0: I'd I'd rather get a stinging nettle any day.
2: Yeah, it's it's the same. It's a similar pain, and it's probably a yep. similar uh, response to the body. Very similar. But the intensity of it, yeah, is. And also, how Massive. long it
0: lingers for, yeah, so yeah've I've knelt on a stinging level before uh, that that's pretty that's pretty irritating, but I can still concentrate on yep. what I'm doing when I got done and it, and it was on the inner thigh mm-hmm. of all places, I was leaning across setting up a GoPro a couple of years ago, and it was just a little short one behind this boulder, and it just brushed up against my inner thigh. Now, I had long pants on. this is through my long pants and it was the yeah the intensity but then the fact that the only thing i could think about for 20 or 30 minutes was that yeah there was no sitting down to have a drink there was what am i doing to get rid of this pain i'm splashing stream water on it i had my knife out shaving scraping my leg trying to get these hairs out of me it was full on. Man. Yeah,
2: I stepped over a tree branch uh, on a hike wearing shorts and stepped through one that a, a tree had brought down and to this day I have never hiked in a pair of shorts ever. Even even, <laughs> even in the middle of summer I will not hike in a pair of shorts yeah. ever again because I rain went right up my, my right calf muscle and very similar to what Tom was saying, mm. I was stopping at every little rainforest stream and just throwing handfuls of cold water on it. Yeah. And it would feel good for a couple of hours, and then I'd brush it or touch it, and it sends all the little hairs off again that have embedded in your skin. Yeah. And I, I suffered through about four days
0: yeah, of pain. Yeah, I had a couple. I think um, it's. I don't want to advocate this because I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think scraping it with a knife blade. Saved me some f- yeah, future Yeah, I duct
2: taped it. I put duct tape oh, over yeah, it and, and pulled the duct tape off, which, a, yep. took most of the hairs off my very hairy leg, but also <laughs> pulled a hell of a lot of the little <laughs> little thorns out. Yeah. Um, there is an actual um, corresponding cure. Uh, if you find the kanji boy or elephant ear plant growing around them, they grow in the same sort of area. Right. The sap from them is uh, natural curative.
0: Oh, very interesting.
2: Which, interesting enough, the one time I've actually been hit by a stinging tree, I couldn't find a kanji boy anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> nearly every time you find a stinging tree, there's some of these other plants are growing alongside them. Right. Nearly every single time, yeah. except for the one time that I actually cop a stinging tree and I could not find a kanji boy anywhere. <laughs> but you cut the kanji boy stem and they have a white milky sap in them, yep. which is actually poisonous to ingest but it soothes the the um, stings from the stinging dropper. Yeah, right.
0: Remember, we're going to have to identify that one. Yeah,
2: it's a handy one to know, but as I said, the one time I actually needed it, I couldn't bloody find one.
0: <laughs> Craig, did you get... You yeah. got done by one on... Yeah, just was, above my knee, kind of. Was that um,
1: at Coomera Gorge? Coomera. No, it was at um, North Northbrook. Brooke. Yeah. Gorge.
0: Gorge, and yeah. just,
1: like, I stepped over a, a, a log or a tree and then... Yeah, I think I just, no, I just touched it with my knee as I went past it. I didn't like yeah. squeeze onto it or anything. No,
0: no, oh, you only have to brush them yeah. and That's it was crazy. Just, yeah, it was really
1: intense. Yeah, and, you
0: were complaining about that for a while, I remember.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, is it, it felt like it was a serious problem, you know, yeah. really.
0: Well,
2: there's, there's interesting enough, there's, there's stories of, um, cat or oh, horses been stung and actually, like, been so enraged and so mad with the sting that yeah. they've actually just run off the edge of cliffs. Yeah,
0: we were talking about yeah. that today.
2: So, um, and for people coming over this way or, you know, people from other seas, there's something to know that if you are going to go hiking over here, particularly in our subtropical and tropical rainforests, there's something to sort of get an idea of what they are. They, yeah. they grow, a, because ironically they grow a lot along tracks. They're what we call a pioneer species in my job. So anywhere that the canopy opens up, So if a big tree or anything comes down and there's canopy opening up, they're one of the first plants up. So they do love growing alongside hiking trails. Yeah. Um, There's a road up to one section of the National Park um, in Lamington on the Gold Coast, and the sides of the road are just solid stinging trees. Mm. Just because the sunlight comes in on the road edge. So there's just hundreds of them along the side of the road. So... They are certainly one to be familiar with. There's the species down here in the southern part of Queensland. There's a northern species called a gimpy gimpy or gimpy stinger, and they're supposedly vastly worse what? than the ones we've just been talking about. Ooh. Really? So the northern ones are so bad that during the Second World War, they were researched as a possible non-lethal biological weapon. <laughs> so if that gives you it's any idea of like, on how nasty these things are... That just the, kind
0: of like fire the leaves out <laughs> of some kind of air Pretty much, cannon, yeah. The, the, or just a helicopter and drop them over people.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the English the English um, OSS, which is the forerunner to like the MI5 and MI6 and those sort of people, they actually researched them to use as a possible biological non-lethal biological weapon
1: so josh do you guys um have to remove them immediately or are they part of the native native. species they're natural
2: they're native they're native species they're um they're a host plant to a couple of different butterflies they have a they have a edible fruit on them which is eaten by quite a few fruit eating birds Mm. the fruit is quite lovely
0: what, the if, fruit you are, from?
2: if you are game enough to get your hand in there what? and pull some fruit off, <laughs> they make like an edible it's fruit. Like the
0: ultimate sacrifice. Yeah,
2: I've I've only ever tried the fruit once, and that was on a small plant where caterpillars had virtually stripped every single leaf off this plant. And there's a couple of fruit on the stem, Really? and I was brave enough to reach in and pluck a couple of fruit, give them a rinse under the water because sometimes the hairs off the leaves pull fall on, on the fruit, fruit. <laughs> and pull them off and eat them and go. Well, that's pretty bland. It's a bit, a little bit sweet. It's like a bland watermelon. Right. And I'm like, you'd I can't have to believe be starving. You,
1: you actually put that in your mouth. You'd have
2: to be starving. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's one of those things you've got to try it. And I said, I rinsed it off, made sure there was no hairs on it, tasted it, and it was pretty bland. And I tell you what, you'd have to be in a life and death situation to think, I'm <laughs> going to pluck the fruit of that nasty <laughs> You're talking to Craig here.
0: Craig doesn't like hearing things like you only live once, you gotta try it. Like he's not into that, man. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I'm steady as
1: you go, man. He, do you, likes it, he
0: likes it, bland.
2: Do you guys do you guys remember the Bush Tucker Man series oh, that we yeah. had in Australia? Yeah. We, yeah. So
0: Haven't you met him? Les Hidden. Les Hidden? Did you meet him? He,
2: he actually uh, did that. his
0: daughter. Oh, you met his daughter. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. did
2: that on his show, The Gimpy Stingers. And he like to people that are not familiar, this guy would eat everything. Anything.
0: He's, yeah, he anything actually, was yeah. edible. We've he had would people eat it. comment on because we've mentioned him before, yeah. and we've had people say, "Oh, I love Bush Tucker, man." Yeah. So he's man. People internationally know him.
2: So he did the gimpy stinger, and he went, literally pointed in and went, "See, there's some fruit in there, and that's where the fruit is. And you'd have to be starving; it'd have to be a life and death situation to <laughs> oh, bother with that fruit." So and, yeah, and walked away. And he's tough, so he walked he's away tough from it. Nails. He's like he yeah. just walked away from it and said, "Nah, it, it's edible. It's in it. there." I'm not even going to even yeah. leave a look at this. Forget about that. <laughs> Forget about hell, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's a good indication of how nasty they must be. Yeah,
0: he's he's a beast. Like He wouldn't just walk away from that.
2: But the only yeah. on thing is with the, the small stingers down here, they start off as a very small pioneer species, but they are actually called a giant stinging tree and will turn into a massive buttress-style rainforest tree eventually.
0: Still with stinging potential?
2: The bigger they get the less the sting. Okay. So the smaller they are, because they have to defend themselves more against predation, uh, the smaller right. they are, the bigger the leaf yep. and the more toxic they are. Yeah. And as they get bigger, the leaves get smaller. Right. And the toxicity gets smaller. But they will turn into 40-metre-tall buttress oh, right. buttress trees. But you don't, you don't notice them because they're way up in the canopy. Yeah. The and leaves can touch, are only about the size of your hand.
0: And you can touch the trunk Trunk's without not a any problem. ill effect. Yeah. And it
2: just looks like another big, massive rainforest tree. Reason. So they're one of the, in our job interesting, they're one of those species that they're a primary, secondary and tertiary species. Well, so they well, come up early in, in cleared or, or damaged areas. They grow to a medium sized canopy very quickly. So they become a secondary species and then they become a full canopy top species in the tertiary, tertiary level.
1: What purpose? Why, why do they have such a sting? What do they get out of that? In, this, is, this is a philosophical question. Oh, well, it's enjoyment.
2: it's evolutionary question. It's so they they enjoy it.
0: Yeah, they like <laughs> they it. Like yeah,
2: it. <laughs> nothing nothing eats them. Like let's face it, if you're a okay. rock wallaby or a swamp wallaby, you're yeah. sure if, as hell not eating them. What if they them. just
0: tasted a bit shit? But that would stop. But man, that I guess you'd still get a bite out of your leaf. Exactly. Hey, what's what's the story with the caterpillars being able to?
2: There's a couple of caterpillars that get on them. Um I couldn't off the top of my head, you probably asked Nick about, would they? The yeah. We'll ask
0: Nick, eh? um,
2: and they actually become quite poisonous. Ooh. By eating them. Ooh. So these caterpillars have gone, you know, if we eat this and we get a bit of this toxicity in our bloodstream, nothing. so I guarantee there's no birds that eat those caterpillars. Mm. So they they've <laughs> they've evolved to become toxic by eating an incredibly wow. toxic plant. Uh,
0: like some kind of a superhero. <laughs> This is good. Hey, uh anyway, The Dawn Wall, it's good. Watch it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't seen the movie yet. I've seen lots no, of stills no. from it. And yeah, it, go, some of the stills are just um, awe-inspiring.
0: Yeah, go, go and get it. Um, oh, oh, has it come up on... Maybe you haven't got Netflix. It might have come on Netflix. I don't want to speak out of turn because netflix uh, selection is different um, across the globe and across all of our listeners so i can't say that for a fact and i don't really want to give them free advertising so um,
2: without getting a cheaper subscription uh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah check it out it's worth seeing it, it as i said it's very interesting it weaves in the other story about his life and i think i'm actually going to leave that story there because i want you two guys and anyone listening to see how it pans out uh, and how he gets. It's quite interesting. It's a good documentary. I'm going to move straight into a couple of shout-outs now, even though we've touched on a few. Uh, Lisa Griffith, she just jumped on our Facebook and said, love your podcast. Oh, that's really nice. That's all she said. But I don't have a problem with that. I (laughs) appreciate it, the time it took to type that really appreciate it. I got some more good news. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jimmy Denham, Mm -hmm. uh, guy that we've been following his uh, kind of fitness journey for a long time now. How's it going? He's going great. He went back to the mountain, Rhone Mountain which was the mountain that sparked off his Mm. fitness journey Mm-hmm. So he tried to climb this mountain to take sun, because he's a landscape photographer, a very good one. He went back to the mountain that he almost missed the sunrise because he couldn't walk up the top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just kind of set him in motion to say, well, this is not good enough and not acceptable. And he's turned he's turned everything around. He's doing a fantastic job. He returned to Rhone Mountain. It sounds like something from Lord of the Rings the photos are pretty cool too but um yeah he um he he got to the top and he yeah. said it was it was fine you know nowhere near as bad and yeah he got some more fantastic photos no, that's what he wanted to do and, so uh, that's yeah that's a you know, yeah, big yeah outcome. exactly right man so next he's off to mordor yeah <laughs> and uh he's gonna get a few things there Is it good on you mate uh, Michael Haydn confirmed our suspicion that overlanding was the word for off-road camping. Just off-road camping. Yeah, just off, that's what they call it in the US. Yeah, so fair enough. It was a good guess on our part. Thanks for confirming, mate. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh, this is a great one. This is a great one. Hulda. I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. Hulda? Hulda? That sounds pretty Icelandic, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, Icelandic Hilda? or
2: Norwegian. No, no, but like I mean
0: when I say it. Like, oh, when you say Hilda? it, yeah, saying
2: it, saying it, right.
0: Hulda. Hulda. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay. This guy is from Iceland. This young fella sends me a message on Facebook and says, I'm going through a bit of a rough time and he listened to the podcast and he really connected with the comment that Craig was saying about um solo hiking and the kind of the, the benefits of it and and connecting with yourself and all this sort of stuff and so he decided that he would uh plan his first solo hike and that's he literally just wrote me a message to say hey guys love the podcast this is such a great idea. I'm doing it tough at the moment. His girlfriend left him in February or something. He doesn't mind me saying that, by the way. I double-checked, okay? Just everyone freaking out, saying, oh, I'm never going to send Tom a message. He just blurts it out <laughs> to the whole world. <laughs> no, uh, so any um, Icelandic uh, young ladies, he's a very nice, well-spoken and polite young man. <laughs> uh, and he's just got into hiking. So if you listen to the podcast because you like hiking, jeez. Mm. I'll put you in touch. Back to the story. He, uh, You're laughing. You're almost going to make me laugh.
2: Matchmaking
0: with Tom. He, he, yeah, that's another segment. <laughs> that's the new segment. Like <laughs> hookups hook with Tom.
2: Connecting lonely hearts who like hiking the world over.
0: <laughs> Connecting hiking lovers. The, no, it, was just, it was awesome to get his message. And I said, mate, go for it. And I sent him a couple of links to a couple of solo trips that we've done, the, the videos on YouTube. And in fact, the one that Craig was referencing. And yeah, I sent him a message yesterday. I remembered to message him. And when we got a small amount of reception earlier today, Mm. he actually wrote back because I said, how did you go? And he actually wrote back and I, up the top of the mountain, I was able to get reception enough. And he said, and he wrote this big spiel about how it went. And then he said, oh, how are you guys doing? And I said, I'm um, sitting on top of a mountain. And <laughs> he said, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But uh but so anyway, he he got out and he did the hike and he said uh <coughs> he got he got really lonely. Um oh and then he said he had in brackets, um, too much information warning. I did I pooped in the wilderness for the first time and I'm very proud of it. and i thought first thought was wow i didn't realize that people got to that age and hadn't pooped in the woods and then secondly i thought good on you man you own that that's good Mm. so uh congratulations on that i'm sure everyone's with you on that yeah uh but yeah he said he got really lonely and he to the point where um Josh, you might know about this. They have really long days, don't they? Even when the sun technically goes down, it's still very light.
2: Yeah, depending on the time of the year, it's either they have they have massive long days or very incredibly short days. How far north they are they gathering. Yeah, they get sometimes where they have like three months of solid sunlight, three months of solid darkness. Yeah. And then the times in between it varies, yeah.
0: Because the from from his message he didn't go into detail, but he did say that he he was going to set up his camp and then he knew it was going to be um light for a long time yeah. and he got quite lonely and he didn't want to uh stay there, so he ended up uh continuing and then hiking out um, and he said later in the message uh, um, at the time I made that decision, he said he felt quite lonely but the but the time he walked uh you know towards the end part he just felt really good about everything and and he's already planning to go back there with a friend and then he said i think i need more practice solo hiking and that comment there it couldn't be any more accurate because i was talking to you guys about this today i think people just assume that solo hiking is just hiking without other people and it's just everything's just the same but it changes the dynamics of the hike
2: it's a very different beast it really is
0: completely different it changed the dynamics so much that you know he's quite right you do need to practice it you know you almost need to just do a day hike and do an overnighter but being comfortable with yourself in in the environment is is I think we're so far removed from it in our society that it's difficult to get back to it.
2: I find I've I've done plenty of plenty of solo day hikes, and I find them very very easy. Yeah. I think when you do solo overnight stuff. Oh yeah. It's when you pull up, you set up for your night. The sun goes down. It's pitch dark. yeah It's still quiet, and you have nothing but your thoughts. That's right. That's when it's Especially very... when you don't have phone reception. It's when you have anything. no phone reception, which plays yeah. it most of the time is a good thing. You don't really want... Well, that's what you're there for in a sense. It it can be very overwhelming almost sometimes. Yeah, the, it's a complete silence of it all. It, it it's, can be a quite a, yeah. a amazing... But quite a sort of... Not scared of the situation, more because more it's very unfamiliar to have no external input. I think you, you become hyper alert. Yeah. And you... Or well,
0: I speak for myself here, when I tend to overthink things.
2: Yeah, you do. Oh, most so definitely.
0: I'm double checking and triple checking decisions I'm making against, you know, when I'm hiking, when we said this today, when I'm hiking with you guys and we come to any kind of decision making situation, I bounce it off both. All three of us are having a mm-hmm.
2: three minute conversation yeah but when you're by yourself, it's you've got nothing to I guess nothing to distract your mind um, from anything. So you, you do start to get very deep in your thoughts, you start analyzing things a lot, you know you sort of your world becomes you, I think. it becomes where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. There's no external input. And, and we we're so bombarded in our everyday life with external input from a million different sources, whether they're they're friends, co-workers, TV, radio, internet, Mm. to be suddenly cut off from all of that and not even another person to have a conversation with, it can be pretty overwhelming.
0: Yeah, I I think that people even struggle just to go, just to do an overhike, an overnight hike with friends. You know, I know people that have said to me, I'd never do that. I'd never do that. I'd never go in the woods at night. I'd never go in the forest at night. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's – Oh, yeah. That's – understand. I can kind of – I get it. I get it because that's so far yeah. from what you –
2: Streetlights and – Understand. Streetlights and electricity yeah. and, you know, we're talking about today a bathroom five minutes down the hall, you know, yeah. two-minute walk to the bathroom, not a – find a decent tree and dig a hole and, yeah. you know – that's
0: it every luxury
1: is removed but i think yeah even if you have got it in you to go for an overnight hike and you've maybe done that with friends and you've got the gear and i think it is the fundamental issue is the decision making processes oh yeah it
0: it was my biggest definitely the biggest challenge i met yeah because you're
2: responsible you're 100 percent responsible if something goes wrong
0: there's no yeah, but you no. also
1: make decisions and you, you you begin to doubt yourself. You begin yeah. to think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be in this cave right
0: now. Yeah. Um, because everyone's aware of, uh, you know, usually when people get into trouble, it's not one big decision that they made. It's a series of smaller, bad yeah. decisions yeah. that lead to problems. So you're second-guessing every tiny decision that you're mm-hmm. making so you have to become really comfortable with yourself and and your knowledge and your knowledge and you have to have these ability
1: to kind of switch off that um that sort of destructive talk that yeah that brings you down when you're on your own Um.
0: yeah I I definitely that was the biggest struggle I had when I did my first solo trip was um I was you know talking to myself and I'd get to a position where and I've I've spoken about this before, I got to a position where I was looking at uh, a kind of a flat pad where I could set up um, my hammock Hmm. or a position closer to the river where I could string my hammock up. And I already had the canoe tied up and everything. And I was looking at the two. And after about two minutes, or maybe, it was, I don't know, time just kind of disappeared. It felt like ages. Mm. I realized I was standing there doing nothing. Yeah, just thinking. I was making no decisions because I was just jumping back and forwards. Yeah, but what yeah. if I do this? What if I do that? And I thought, it doesn't matter where you put it. No. just Because the thing for me was I felt more comfortable near the water, but that wasn't the campsite. And I was going through this stupid conversation with myself and in the end i said you're by yourself if you're more comfortable next to the water put it next to the water shut up get on with it yeah. like, just move because any decision's a good decision if you're just standing around
1: i reckon we should do a whole podcast about
0: oh we most certainly are to solo hiking uh we most certainly will mate yeah. we've uh we've had How to prepare specific requests what to expect from people that that's what they want to hear yeah Um, our good friend all the way from Iceland needs some tips. Okay. Uh, we need to get on to that. Yeah, we'll that one out, man. Yeah, we will. We should dig deep into it, yeah. Yeah, it definitely, uh, warrants an entire podcast, that one. We can tell a few crazy stories from our trips.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a little while since I've done a solo. I
0: haven't done one for, oh, Hmm. I'd say years, like, I'd say met, a couple of years.
1: It's funny that um, we met Josh on the trail, so neither Tom nor I knew Josh before our meeting, which we said this before, and um, you know, Tom handed the card over. That spot, I believe, is not far from where I live. It's a really decent sort of physical hike in and out. I could have a beautiful evening near a water source, waterfall, star i reckon you could see the stars from the top of that waterfall oh yeah most definitely yeah you uh, could for sure even take some time lapse out that with that little outlook through the trees so
0: um yeah that's your are you gonna peg that one mate that's my spot i'm thinking yeah i'm thinking maybe i don't know i i feel like it's time to do another one i just don't know when and where i've already got
2: mine pegged out i was trying to get it before it got too cold but i'm gonna do a a sneaky kayak solo across one of the large freshwater empowerments Ah, locally.
0: You've mentioned that too. Yeah, and
2: I'm going to paddle across to the the far unpopulated side of the lake with my um, trusty hammock, because there's no going to be no flat camp spots up in there. Pull my kayak up for the night and pitch across one of the gullies up there with my hammock on the far end of the um, lake. So that's my next solo.
0: Yeah, cool.
2: Uh, Pretty heavy in the bass fishing. Yeah, front, so it'll be a, a big, big bass fishing day and then probably set up camp and then maybe even take the kayak out for a bit of night fishing. Oh really? Uh, take the Hobie. I've got a Hobie um old Hobie outback. If anyone's familiar with those things, they are absolutely awesome. Yeah, you know um, um, I don't you love your little I know boy. I don't work for Hobie, but if Hobie wanna give me some free stuff, no worries. <laughs> 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 no, just joking. It's an Happy old to model take a one. Percentage. But they are they are an awesome um, little fishing platform. So it's gonna be a very fish-heavy one for me, so I will have something to keep my mind occupied for a, a lot of that trip because it will be very focused and heavy on the fishing side of things. But I think when I you know, pull up at night and slip into that hammock, it is going to be, what we were talking about before, being that very alone with your thoughts. Yeah. Will come crashing in pretty hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. So. Yeah, it, as you say, it's when you stop. Yeah, when you stop when you and stop, you've got nothing man. to do. We, our, lives paddling,
2: are so, our lives are so you, busy. Yeah. Our lives are so busy and they're so continuously bombarded with information and, and things to do and things to say and people to talk to, when you suddenly take that all away and there's just nothing, mm. there's nothing going on.
0: And it, It's scary.
2: It, it is. It, it's a very different mindset yeah. for us. And it's not, it's not scary like monsters jumping out of the bush at you scary. It's scary because it's an... I oh, think okay, it's speak an for unf- yourself. Oh, isn't this sc- <laughs> <laughs> Bunyips, bunyips. No, nah, nah, no, it's not.
0: That. It, it is, but you are... <laughs> You know, it's
2: a different mindset. It's a different way for your mind. Yeah. Your mind's not used to being cut off from yeah. external stimulation.
0: I think it's a good idea um, to take a book.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, because... Or listen to a good podcast.
0: It, yeah. Yeah, ah. so I'll, I'll put you in touch with a few good podcasts. <laughs> yeah, there's a plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean other ones, but really good ones. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, I think definitely, yeah, ha- have something that you want to, you can't want to do. I mean, it's okay just to go to bed early, but I found, I tried to do that on the first night and I just laid there kind of hearing, um, all the sounds of the bush, which is kind of nice, but then that, that opens up and I know some people, that would be their biggest fear is, yeah, what's is that? hearing Yeah, what's, what's that, what's, what's that? that, what's, what's that? that, It's like, it's, a frog. um, yeah, it. it there's, there's really not much to worry about uh, uh, well, hey I'm talking I'm talking from an Australian perspective if you if you're hiking out with um, grizzly bears then well yeah you got something to worry about yep that's mm. <laughs> a different story I've got I've got nothing to say on that uh, hey do you um, did you notice the, the cap that I've been sporting this weekend Josh yes do, do you like it
2: it's the blue one
0: yeah the the blue one. It also comes in grey and it's by one of our sponsors, Caribbean.
2: I noticed it was the same as your pack.
0: Oh yeah, was. I did notice that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might need to take one of those on your trip. Do you want me to provide you with one of those? Oh, I
2: won't say no. I will never okay. say no to a freebie and certainly never no. a free hat.
0: Good stuff. <laughs> We're going to hook you up. Um, so we'll, I'll get on to that. Because we've got a, a couple of other, this is a great segue. There's <laughs> other people that I'm giving hats to. How's is that? there? Yeah, there's other people. We're giving away hats. <laughs> um, I'm going to see if our friend Hulda from Iceland. Would like a hat? Um, would like a hat because he's going to get into hiking. Why not have a Caribbean hat? Um, uh, Pookie, Pookie the Wonder Horse, man. He He's, yeah. he's always chiming in and uh, yeah. giving us suggestions and stuff. Done deal, mate. We'll hook something up. Craig'll hook something up with you. Yeah. Um, a guy called Joe has hiked. Uh, I think he sent his message from through Podbean. Uh, he's hiked twenty-two of Colorado's fourteeners. Oh. ers the, yeah. The the that's fourteen thousand feet feet or above. Yeah. Yes, he's done twenty-two of those. He said, if you if you send me a hat, I'll um. I'll definitely take it up one of the next 14 that I do and get a photo. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, reason for me. You guys
2: need to start doing merch. You, you need oh, to start doing hike or die no, merch.
0: No, no, you, 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 uh, you're preaching to the converted there. <laughs> um, it's something i Because I'd take a free hat with another on. free hat, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want another free hat. I don't know he probably wants a bloody T-shirt too. <laughs> um where was I where was I going with that? I thought there was another one.
2: Well see so you, you go to the other segue there and you get uh, some of your merch printed up on some of the wonderful wool shirts that you get from your sponsors.
0: Yeah, that's actually something I wouldn't mind doing, some limited edition. Yep. Um merino shirts with our logos on. For sure. But uh that's not uh that's not official in any way. But you never know you Food like... for thought. Um, oh what do we got here? Sorry, I'm just reading notes off my phone. Um, Elijah, new to the podcast, he's got so he's got a lot of catching up to do. Um, mate, let me get in contact with you, and um, yes, yeah, if you're interested in a hat. Oh, and Jodes, come on, man, Jodes, yeah, he's. He's never, uh, never short of some, some support. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said he'd, uh, he's going to start doing some YouTube videos and stuff, some gear reviews and stuff, which is pretty cool. So he said he'll, he'll wear it in some of his reviews. And I said, that sounds fine, man. I didn't actually say that to him. I said that to myself, (laughs) but I'm going to say it to him just to (laughs) be clear. He might get the message. Yeah, he'll get the message. Um, Yeah, so that's all, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, good. Everyone gets a hat. You got a hat, Craig? Hmm? Josh's going to get a hat. (laughs) Um, Hats all around. That's right. Josh, I was going to ask you about the, um, you did mention fishing before. It's something that uh, you're pretty big into, but we started talking before the podcast and Craig said, stop talking and get the the mics on (laughs) you started telling us this story about papua new guinea and i just said i don't want to talk anymore because i want you to tell the story on the podcast (laughs) so rewind this papua new guinea story i didn't even know why you went there and then you said i went there to fish and i said all right i gotta hear this
2: yeah so i went up a few years ago with a a mate of mine who's um but well, to be very honest, he, he, we fish. We, we, that's our, the whole basis of our friendship. We won't speak for each other for six months and then you'll ring each other and go, do you want to go for a fish? And that's all we do. And we've been doing it for 17, 18 years now. And that's wow. that's all we do. Uh, when, we actually, when I actually went to p I was waiting for him to get ready in the morning and that was actually the first time I'd walked inside his house. Oh, wow. Because that's what we do. We get together and we fish. We don't socialise, we don't talk, we don't drink. We fish and when we fish, we talk politics in the environment was pretty much what we do so we packed up after about a year and a half worth of savings and and shot off to PNG for six days um, not cheap I won't lie uh, but worth every cent pretty much it is a wild wild place it yeah. is it is it is another world um, I would certainly not ever try and tackle it without a guide without yeah. a local guide. I think if you were to walk around Moresby in particular by yourself without a guide, I'd hate to say it, but I don't know if you'd end up back to the airport with your wallet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, at the it's very a pretty least, full-on place. No, uh, I,
0: I know I know people that work over there and people that uh, travel over there to do um, to do filming. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's the same story. They they have. Um, hired bodyguards for the entirety of their stay.
2: And the other side of it, when you get completely out of the cities and you get right up into the remote villages, the people are the most lovely, friendly, accommodating, cheerful, wonderful people. Hmm. In Moresby, I won't lie, it was a pretty scary place to be going through Moresby. But we headed up to New Britain, uh, landed at Kimby um, National Airport. And to give me How a long quick... was that flight? Yeah, we flew up. So we flew up from Moresby to Kimby. So after actually, the first time we went up to there, we had four failed landing attempts at Kimby. Whoa. Before oof. they turned us around and flew us back to Moresby. What, uh, what was
0: the issue? There was
2: a tropical storm.
0: Oh, wow. And
2: they couldn't see the runway because the runway doesn't have lights. What
0: size plane were you in? Uh,
2: we were in a pretty big uh, it the DC-3s or something like that, about a 40-seater, 50-seater. Right. And the pilot would turn, come screaming in towards the island, get lower and lower, 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 couldn't see the runway, would pull up, do a big sharp banking turn, get on the radio and say, we're going to circle for 15, 20 minutes and we'll give that another go, ladies and gentlemen. So we had four failed landing attempts in Kimby. They flew us back to Moresby. Um, The airport organised this accommodation and airport in Moresby but didn't pay for it. So, we had to pay for our own accommodation in Moresby, um, which was ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Uh, to put it in perspective, for one night at the resort that we ended up in in Moresby, it was 840 keenar for the night, which is about 420 Australian dollars. Whoa. Uh, and considering our fishing guides for four and a half days' work made 75 keenar. Mm. Yeah. So needless to say, that resort we stayed in in Moresby was mining executives, logging oh, executives see. and palm oil executives. That was pretty much, it was rich white guyville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rich old white guys, that was pretty much, and, and a bunch of lost fishermen. Um, but we finally <laughs> got up to Kimby, stayed at the Liamo Resort up there, which was owned by the mother of the guy that owned the fishing re- thing, uh, the fishing uh, resort we were going to. And then we spent a five-and-a-half-hour boat ride to the little village of Bayer.
0: What size um, boat are we talking about? We're talking
2: about a 22-footer, big boat. There was okay. 11 or 12 of us on is the boat. Is this
0: going up a river?
2: This is going out in the open ocean. Oh, really? Um, and it's open ocean along the north coast of New Britain in a easterly manner from Kimby. Five-and-a-half hours? Yep. To get a, to...
0: In a boat... Only a 22
2: foot boat. About a 22, yeah, about a 22 foot. That's a long time
0: in a boat, man.
2: And then we, yeah, well, it, it was beautiful. We were actually watching uh, flying fish getting scared by the boat and zipping yeah. out across the, the water the whole way, which then started getting hunted by a pack of sailfish.
0: Oh, wow, Which was really? pretty
2: awesome. We were all, like, begging them to stop and let us pull out the fishing gear <laughs> early and go, come on, we can, get, we can have a fish at this. And they're like, no, we've got to get to the resort. And we're watching these three big sailfin fins tracking behind the boat. And then every time the sailfish would peel off, uh, sorry, the flying fish would peel off, the sailfish would peel off after them. And wow. it was, this is, the you know, we've only been on the water for a couple of hours and we're seeing this. So as you can imagine, as, as fishermen, we we're all getting... Pretty bloody excited by then. Hey, just oh, you, you just excited. The bat, the bat it, just did a fly. Yeah, bat just over. did a flyby. Yeah, he hey, to uh, do you get
1: just it. as excited over like which fish is that as you do over which plant is that?
0: <laughs>
2: it's uh it's more like which which fish could be there.
1: Whoa! That Whoa. bat nearly smashed me in the face. <laughs>
2: It's that, you know, what's in there, what could be possibly, you yeah. know, that next bite. Do you is, know
1: them all? Do you like kind of?
2: Um, no, a lot of them. No, yeah. a lot of you, probably your premier target <laughs> species, that fishermen chase. We went up there because it's one of the few places that holds the two Papua New Guinea bass species. So the Papua New Guinea black bass and the Papua New Guinea spot tail bass. On,
0: so you went across open ocean. Yep. To get to a place where you then went to oh, fish back up the to freshwater.
2: Well, they're fish. They're, they're actually a lejanus. They're a part of the mangrove jack family, so they're a saltwater fish. Oh, is that but right? But they push up into the freshwater rivers with the tides. Oh. So the high tides, they push up into the rivers. And that's one of the few places where both species exist. Right. Uh, if you go over to the west of Papua New Guinea, you'll get the black bass, but you won't get the spot tails. And there's spots where you'll get
0: this. I'm Josh is telling me this story. Josh is sitting two meters away from me, and in between our faces, oh, this micro bat. <laughs> Did you see that one? He's yeah. flying. Yeah, he's gone behind your head, Craig. <laughs> I think I he's just flying between him touch my our faces up. while he's telling me this story. They're doing the acrobatics.
2: It's pretty wild. It really is it, to be sitting here in this lovely cave. This is ridiculous. With these just, micro bats. Oh, just look, he just went around. past again.
0: I'm just holding up my torch
1: here. There he goes. This is not a visual media. You do understand. <laughs> no, I'm
0: explaining it. So I'll explain it to you. i a little black thing flapping its wings. Flying at
2: about 20 miles an hour.
0: So fast. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) oh, Did you see that? Uh. Uh, We should all be quiet for a minute and see if we can get the wings on the audio. Ready? Oh, that's a fail. There you go. He's gone behind you guys. Yeah. There he goes. There he goes. Three times, four times. But when he goes past, he's pretty quiet. There
2: he goes. Oop, there he goes. He, he might
0: have
1: picked that. He one. knows how to fly silently. I think. I, I think when they come
0: out of that, because there's a, a literally a crack, a hole in the ground. But sometimes he's quick. When they noisy. come out of there, they seem to make more flapping noise than when they're just going past. There he went. Oh, that was a good one.
2: Go yeah, ahead. I think I might have actually got a little blip on this while looking at it. So I might have actually picked him up on the speaker.
0: <laughs> that is cool. We are sitting in a cave, watching bats fly between us, <laughs> telling fishing stories. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, life, life's tough, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's, seriously. was like, yeah,
2: this is rough. I can certainly think of a long list of things that'd be worse to be doing right now. Anyway,
1: Josh, did you catch any bass? <laughs>
2: yes. <What's> Actually, um, <laughs> last day, um, half day on the last day, I pulled the biggest bass for this, for the whole trip out of the entire team that was up there. So Oh really? What's, what's a uh, big bass? Uh, eighteen pound.
0: What's that in what's kilos? Nine and a
2: half, ten kilos.
0: Whoa.
2: They get to 40, 50 pounds. That's wow. a, and at that size, fish. they're almost unstoppable. Um, pound oh. for pound, they are regarded as having the most strength and most fight in that first mm. probably fifteen, twenty seconds of the fight.
1: like a mangrove jack,
2: yeah, like a mangrove jack, but imagine a fifty pound mangrove jack. So we got a couple of we got destroyed a couple of times. I won't lie. there was a, my first hookup, I just got smoked uh, and you it's one of those situations where you read everything you can, you watch a million YouTube videos. You read 100 fishing mag articles and you go, yeah, I'm sorted, I'm planned, I've got, I'm all over this. And the first fish I hooked just humiliated me. Mm. It just screamed off through the mangroves, didn't even, bat, didn't even know I was there, and I'm sitting there holding a rod and just going, what the hell just happened? <laughs> it, it was like I got hit by a car. And it, it just, nothing prepared me for all of my years of fishing to ever have a fish that had so much Grunt in the first 10 seconds.
0: So, did like, you was there a kind of a technique that the guides kind of
2: don't give them th- an inch, <laughs> right? Jump double fan, double f- jam both thumbs on the spool, lock it up, bully them, reef them, just absolutely give them everything you can. If you get that first, if you win the first 15 seconds, they're a pretty easy fish, mm. but it's all won and lost probably in the first five seconds if you don't turn their head. And they head back into the sticks, mm. you're done. Mm. It's all over. I, I said I've in all my years of fishing, and I started fishing when I was six, seven years old, I've never encountered a fish that has so much power in that first hit the lure and just go. It it was actually mind boggling. I at one stage there I, I hooked a fish and I I knew from the first one that I had to stop this thing. I jammed a thumb on the spool of the reel and couldn't stop the reel spinning. I jammed a second thumb on the spool, locked it up, pulled up the fish, and I straightened a 6X treble hook. So that's six times standard strength really? treble hook, and I straightened the hook. Wow. Uh, and the guys went, oh, yeah, you've got to get at least two hooks in them or you won't pull them up. That'll happen every time.
0: <laughs>
2: so... it. it <laughs> It was a very humbling experience as a fisherman because I got outclassed a couple of times quite James. profoundly. <laughs> yeah. just, we're just sitting there holding a rod and there's just a lure floating out the back of the boat that had a fish on it 10 seconds ago. <laughs> and you're just going, what the hell happened? I just got hit by a truck. You know, yeah. it was What
0: a, sort of... Uh, so you're staying in some kind of a lodge. cabin or a lodge? So
2: there's a lodge up there. There's Bayar Village and then there's Bayar Sports Fishing Lodge. Right. And that's all that was there.
0: And what sort of... Uh, Food we eating. Oh,
2: you think being in the middle of nowhere, your food would be pretty, maybe a bit sort of rough around the edges. The food was amazing. Yeah. Um. We're talking four or five different fresh seafood dishes at every meal. Yeah. That stuff that had been caught an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. It was just mind blowing how good the the food was. The amount of
0: talk today. About food, yeah. oh, given we that we don't have access to
2: <laughs> good food. We we, I've, I've promised you guys some really nice pies in Arachula on the way yeah, home. Yeah, we to get get some bakery. pies.
0: There's apparently this bakery that we've got to see. Yeah. So that's tomorrow. But we've got to get yeah. there. The <laughs> things we've got, the adversity we will face will be <laughs> significant. Uh, I wouldn't say significant distance. I'd say significant terrain. Mm. Uh, up and down and then extremely steep areas with pretty heavy packs and limited water that was the next thing i was gonna say we have extremely limited water there's no water source up here and we've been here since yesterday we're all around the one to 1.5 liter mark left left as we speak Mm -hmm. um we brought up extra water. We knew this was going to be the case, but even even by really skimping, uh, we were talking about it before. Probably shouldn't say it again because I'll keep thinking about it. Uh, all, all three of us now could just drink a litre of water without, without trying I'd, because that's what we kind of need. Um, yeah, I know I'm getting dehydrated. I can kind of feel it. So we got to get back. Um,
1: yeah, I could just I could just drink a liter of water. I right could drink a little, I could drink my one point five now yeah. over yes. the next twenty minutes. So we're rations for sure. Yeah,
0: yes. Um, we did set up some tarps. It started to rain earlier, very lightly, and we set up our uh, rain flies in the out in the scrub, tied them up between trees, and now the stars are out. So I
2: think we actually we may get it. We may actually be getting a little bit more rain again now, actually.
0: well, I hope so. Yeah, look at that.
2: The stars have disappeared again. We had beautiful... Yeah. Like, when we started this podcast, we had just beautiful, beautiful... Um, I don't know if it, you know, the international people might not be familiar with the western stars in Queensland, but we do get some beautiful stargazing out this way. And now it's clouded right back up again.
0: That's good. I don't normally wish for rain, but if it, if it poured down and we woke up to an extra litre of water That'd be a good start to the day.
2: Wouldn't be terrible. Uh,
0: If not, we will deal with what we've got and um, make our way out of here. I've got a significant blister that I have to deal with. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I think I know the cause of it. I'm gonna say it now. I don't think I tied my boots up tightly enough on my last hike. To Tasmania, it's created some kind of a weak spot on the ball of my foot, kind of to the side, the right hand side of the ball. And yesterday, I didn't tie my boots up, probably. I know I didn't. I just tightened them around the ankle instead of tightening all the laces. And then going up that really steep terrain, I could feel my feet moving around. And by halfway through, uh, I knew I had a problem. And then when I pulled the boot off yesterday it's this massive blood blister Mm. I, I had contemplated it's a monster it's a monster I'd contemplated um cutting it last night I contemplated that again today and I thought when I tied my boots today really tightly it didn't give me any pain so I think I can get out of here tomorrow but what really bugs me is, I've said it on the podcast before, I don't get blisters. I've never got a blister hiking. And then I start getting lazy with tying up my boots. No, it's just because you mentioned it, mate. you oh, Scott, I don't know what it is. Have... Everything went pear-shaped when I shaved the beard off.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> the answer me? is always beard, mate. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Get more beard. I was absolutely, you know, disgusted and, and slightly yeah. disappointed in you when the beard guy yeah, came off. Mate, but, yeah,
0: You're not mate. the only one. You're not the only one. I've had hate
1: mail. Hey, Tom, I'm yeah. starting to shiver, man. I'm going to put this mic down for a sec and put a warmer jumper on, okay? okay. Keep talking. Yeah, it's, I think the uh, temperature's dropped a, a couple
2: bit... degrees when this cloud comes. come over. I'm well, feeling a bit Well, that,
0: Craig. I was just getting ready to wrap this bad boy up. Were you really? Yeah, I was. Can okay. Can you last another two minutes? I
1: could
0: probably last. <laughs> I mean, he's putting his microphone back on, listeners. Don't despair. We've talked him back into it. <laughs> he gets, he's a little fragile, our Craig. We have to make sure that we cater to his needs. We don't want to walk out on our hands.
1: Testing. Hang on a
0: minute. He's testing. Anyway, th- I was just thinking before, this is the second podcast where we've been uh, visited by a bat. while, ex- literally while we've been recording, which is pretty cool. We had Barry the bat visit us one time, um, Josh. And <laughs> micro yep,
2: bat or fruit bat?
0: I think he was micro as yeah. well. We were in the um, Coomera Gorge and we had our hammocks between two, a couple of trees kind of in a V shape so we could face each other and chat. Yep. And yeah, between us, he would fly in between us uh, Yeah, every sort of five or ten minutes and do what these little guys are doing. And, and we also met Eric the eel pretty cool. <laughs> that was cool I'm back a little pat. he was cool oh, I miss those days we have to go back that's where we need to take you
2: yeah I, I missed that one that year yeah. well
0: no this is a better spot we found a better spot
2: that's part of the miss- Coomera
0: Gorge oh I'm going to leave that conversation there for off air because it's <laughs> our secret spot
2: oh secret
0: squirrel secret squirrel that's how cool this place yeah. is uh, we'll, we will take you there when it warms up a bit and it's hammock time yep. and swimming time, and yeah, maybe we could maybe it's International Naked Hiking Day again and <laughs> just kind of weave it all into yeah, one. Yeah, they really need to do International Gym.
2: Hiking Day in Australia in a lot warmer yeah, time than we'll, this time of year. let's do it in summer. Yeah, yeah. exactly,
0: for sure. Mm. Uh, Spring, well,
2: autumn. Summer's probably too hot for an international naked hiking day in Australia you have to get sunburned in place yeah. and you don't want to be sunburned. You, you
0: want a spring. You want a spring Yeah, or spring an or an autumn. autumn. Yeah, yeah, spring or an autumn would be nice. Um, yeah, maybe there's an Australian naked hiking day yeah, we could introduce. We'll, we'll we'll start our own hashtag.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and everyone out there will be glad this podcast is a purely audio medium. Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah. Guys, we're in a cave and we're naked right now. It's awesome. <laughs>
1: There was no Naked Hiking Day. You've just made this up, right? i
2: uh, I'm yeah, I've Tom, been it saying it's Naked <laughs> Hiking Day. Yes, I, I didn't see anything about, about it. Did you get I Googled it later yeah. and
0: nothing came up. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> but he forced us into it and we hiked back to the car naked and it was good. <laughs> um Yeah, so that's what we're facing tomorrow. I'm I'm hoping it's about three hours maybe four with a couple of breaks, uh, back to the car. And what we're going to do after this is basically just, um, yeah, get some rest. And pies. We're not going to get pies until tomorrow, Craig. Do you (laughs) realise that? (laughs) I think he's got confused. (laughs) Tonight we sleep in the cave, tomorrow we go get pies.
2: Mm, Lamb and rosary pies. After
0: you walk back.
2: An apricot danish.
0: Wow, that's (laughs) That's the plan. On that note, I'm gonna close this off. Thanks again for listening. Guys, I hope you got something out of that. I hope you learnt a ton about plants from our good friend Josh mate good having you on the uh, podcast it's after... a pleasure and uh,
2: thanks for
0: having me yeah no worries thanks for coming hiking with us thanks Josh after um, letting you down last time and again this time <laughs>
2: keep coming back <laughs> glutton
0: for punishment keep coming back you just love the conversation oh
2: well, what's not to love
0: ladies and gentlemen thank you very much we will return to you soon have a good one see ya if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes we'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time. If you'd like to know more about Hike or Die TV and keep track of our adventures around Australia, make sure you drop by hikeordie.com. That's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.